are listening to the Elephant in the Room podcast with your host, Sutha Singh. Each week, we will bring you a diverse range of inspiring speakers on issues of inequality and inequity. You will hear stories about fairness, justice, belonging, and about best practice for creating a more inclusive workplace. So, if you are an individual or leader interested in a fairer, equitable, compassionate society and workplace, this podcast is for you. My guest on the Elephant in the Room podcast this week is Usma Lodi, Director Internal Communications at APCO Worldwide. Hey, Uzma, thank you very much for being a guest on the Elephant in the Room podcast and agreeing to my request to speak a little about Ramadan. Give us a quick background to who you are and what you do. Very excited to be here. I'm a director of internal comms at APCO Worldwide. I've been here for three and a half years with a focus on employer brand strategy and we're the beginning of Ramadan. So this is a great time to have this conversation. Brilliant. Usna, what does Ramadan mean to you and how important is it to your identity? What does it mean to me? What does it mean to religion first? First of all, why do Muslims fast? They do it because it is one of the five pillars that Muslims follow. So within that, it's one of the five core pillars and it's called the identity of being Muslim. Why do I do it? I think I've been doing it since I was a child, but that's not the reason why I do it now. I do it now because it helps me achieve kind of mental clarity and practice humility on an everyday basis. This is a month where I push myself to have a moment of Zen and tranquility and think about what's important and think about how grateful I am for everything that that I have, that I've achieved and how to help others at this time. Normally I'm very chatty, very loud, but it, actually for Ramadan, it's a moment to kind of take a moment to stop and breathe. And that's why I do it. It's a peaceful month. I look forward to it to help me achieve that level of peace that I need. We all have some moments from our childhood, from the festivities and breaking the fast and the iftar. These are memories about families coming together and in a very positive way. Absolutely. I have these great childhood memories and we could spend an entire kind of two hour podcast just talking about childhood memories and how amazing Ramadan is. And, you know, it's waking up and all of us going down the stairs in our pajamas at 3am at that point in the year when we were children doing fasting. All of us there, my mum cooking breakfast for us and just all arguing, being tired with each other, but doing it because we know we're going to do it. You know, and then eating together when it's iftar. And it's just the most amazing, it's what I aspire to, it's what I want our kids to have we those do. kind of memories. And it's also kind of form of team building as kids, you go through it together. I love it. I mean, it's such an amazing time. And even now at my age, I wake up and there's a group chat with our family and it's the only group chat you're going to have that's completely going full on at 4.30 in the morning. <laughs> like they're the only people awake. They're the only people that know what you do, eating breakfast and it's perfect. Yeah, I really enjoy it. So, and what has been your experience of support or lack of it in the organizations you've worked with so far? I mean, you've been working quite a few years, right? Yeah, as a polite way of saying that you're old without saying. No, um, not at all. <laughs> um, no, so experience to work in organizations in, in the UK and in Belgium. And I think I've been quite fortunate. I will say that I think I've been quite fortunate in the organization that I've worked in where they've all shown quite a lot of respect and awareness. And if they haven't shown awareness, it's because they purely don't know. So I've had to go in there and educate them and inform them of this is when Iftar is, this is when Sari is, I might be a bit tired in the mornings, but I'm fully committed to doing my role. 
I might not join a lunch meeting here or there, but that's okay. And they've all been very supportive. I've been very lucky to have kind of the managers I've had over the last 15, 18 <laughs> years, um, <laughs> you know, doing what I do. So I, I don't have any complaints. And I think in the role that I'm in right now and the company I'm in right now, where some of the offices have the room, like a, a space for you, a quiet space if a person needs it to, to go and stay in the malls, that's quite nice. And that's something we should be heading towards absolutely for all organizations, for there to be a safe space for any employee, for, for whatever reason, for them to use it. No, I'm looking forward to how this evolves for all organizations and all businesses. Because Ramadan is one month, but there are other reasons why employers should have a safe space, a quiet room for employees to, to have that moment for themselves if they need it. You mentioned that sometimes you educated them in the organizations. And I believe that there is a strong case to be made for uh, people, especially from ethnic minority communities, not just during Ramadan, but generally also to speak up because they tend to not complain or they will not push yeah. back and say, okay, I cannot do this because they're too worried about how they'll be perceived or whether someone will question them or they're not sure and not confident enough to speak up. So it's good to hear that you were able to speak up and you were able to tell people that this is the time when I'm fasting. So I don't want to be, you know, I've got memories that may be just down to my personality, but I've got memories of me printing off the Ramadan timetable and living at my boss's desk. <laughs> going, this is what you need to know. I've highlighted these columns. This is when there'll be prayers. But I mean, that was 10, 12 years ago. And I was a much younger person then. Yes, I personally do think I have a role in telling people this is what's happening not just for myself, but for junior colleagues in the organisation as well, where you've said that they will probably not want to say anything for fear of upsetting that balance. It's that perception of maybe they think I can't do my job from fasting. They can absolutely do their job when they're fasting. It's a great time. You get clarity on what you need to do and not worried about food or what's for lunch. Sometimes find it's even easier to work when I'm fasting because I have a clear action and I become more focused. It's different for everyone. The whole thing about religion and, and fasting is very nuanced. And your point in education, I know something we've done in our organisation this year is send out a one-pager on how to support colleagues, how to respect colleagues during Ramadan. Be aware of when iftar is, when seri is, if they've got prayers, if your colleagues are observing prayers because it's nuanced and colleagues won't be saying all the prayers during the day and how to support them. Do you know where the prayer room is or did your meeting clash with when they've got a personal appointment to do that? when they need to observe a particular ritual, have an awareness. It comes down to that. And we've put together this guide that we've shared with leaders this last week to make sure they can help inform how they work with their colleagues and clients and partners. It's a one step, but it's the part of the process, right? You have to educate and inform people so they can begin to make informed and educated choices. Yeah, you referred to this earlier and we sort of had a league discussion. We tend to treat all Muslims as a monolith? Do all Muslims follow the same rules? I don't think so. No, the term monolith is really interesting. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I don't think you could do it with any religion, as there have always been nuances in everybody's religion and how they interpret it. And, you know, this has really been driven by culture, tradition, family, who you surround yourself with that might not be either culture or family and what gets passed down to you. I got asked a few years ago, funny anecdote perhaps, I got asked during the interview process uh, a few years ago, what is the Asian view on Brexit? <laughs> and I just thought, how do you answer that? There are so many nuances to that, that you could become flummoxed just trying to think about how to lay out the answer to that in a verbal conversation. So monolith, 
religion? No, absolutely not. I mean, this is a podcast, but I, I don't wear a hijab. But I do say my prayers during Ramadan. I do fast. I take it seriously. I do take a moment to find, for the want of a better word, my inner zen to remind myself of how grateful I am and how thankful I am for everything that I have. I, I think there's a scale, right? And you just have to respect that everybody's on their own path when they do Ramadan, when they follow a religion. I say there's definitely not a textbook. There is a textbook and it is the Quran, but people have to read it and see how it works with them in their everyday society as well. Yeah. Yeah, it probably means different things to different people. Absolutely. And it's also shaped by their own memories of how they interpret religion, how they interpret Ramadan. You know, I can talk about it from a personal perspective where you grow up and as a kid, you begin with how we did it. We begin with half day fasting. It's all about Eid, the end of Ramadan and how you celebrate Eid and uh, the gifts that you give each other and you get dressed in your, I have a Pakistani background. So you dress up in your shivar kameez and you go to the mosque and you see your friends and family and you have Indian sweets in the morning when you go for prayers. There's a whole thing, there's a whole social event that kids grow up getting excited about. And as you get older, you understand the spiritual element of it and you do it for the full day and you understand what it brings you. So there's a, like a learning culture. So I have learned it differently as to if somebody else had joined the religion halfway through their life, then they've taken it very literally. So no, monolith, absolutely not. They're doing it for the same reasons, but how they interpret it, the, the nuances about whether they say prayers, how they celebrate it, how they eat, that can be very different. Yeah. And what you should not be doing during Ramadan to create discomfort for your Muslim colleagues and what can organizations do to ensure that they're supporting the employees who are fasting, many of whom probably who may not openly say that they're fasting or discuss it with their colleagues? Yeah, it's a good question. I think it really comes down to there being two things. There being an awareness and there being a level of respect about the whole month. Awareness about what times your colleagues might be praying or might need to take some time out, even just for a rest. It doesn't have to be a religious ritual. They need to do it. They might need to take time to rest because it is a long day in some of the markets that you might work with. On the other side, if you're doing kind of face-to-face -face meetings, try to stay clear of having a, a food component to it or making sure they're involved in the non-food component part of it to make sure you respect what they're going through at that time. If you're working with colleagues in different time zones, make sure you remember what time their Seri and Iftar times are. So Seri is the time they stop yeah. eating in the morning and Iftar is the time that they break fast in the evening. Have an awareness of what those times are so you can give them space on either side of that time to prepare their food and to eat it and say prayers and uh, around those times. In terms of what not to do, don't ignore it. It's a big part of your colleagues if they invest their time into this. Don't ignore it. I think that's the level of disrespect. I mean, you can do lots of horrible things, but actually don't <laughs> ignore it. Be aware that it's happening. Show respect and ask if they're okay. Ask if they need something to be changed within their own working schedule. If you manage people, be aware that either is going to happen at the end of the month and we'll get a couple of people taking time off. And also be aware that the day of Eid is never really confirmed until maybe the day before. So if you always find oh, why is my colleague taking time off and I didn't even know about it until now? It's because we don't know. We know the yeah. day before because we have a lunar calendar and our times are adjusted and we find out when it's the right time based on the moon. That's what I think. That's the do's and don'ts. Be aware, show respect, show awareness, learn, inform yourself, educate yourself. I think if you can follow that much, that would be great. Do you have any advice to someone fasting for the first time at work? Well, it's been a while since I first started fasting at work but I would say if it's the first time don't push yourself absolutely schedule time for yourself 
you have your own calendar. Schedule time for when you need time just to sit down and breathe. Close your eyes for 10, 15 minutes somewhere. I, I think power naps, if it's your first time and you're in a work environment, talk to your boss, explain this is the first time and I don't know how my body's going to react while working full time. Have the open dialogue. Don't be afraid to have the open dialogue with your bosses and say, I'm going through this and I want to do the best job I possibly can. Help me get there. Help me get to that goal. And while respecting my process of how I'm doing things, absolutely make it a two-way conversation and don't be afraid to. The first few days are the hardest. So take that into account and look after yourself when you do it and enjoy it. Also enjoy it. I forget to say that. Because I do have fun doing this, have fun doing it, but look after yourself. I think as well, that's one of the most important things actually to communicate. I think it's very important to change that perception that exists outside about the fasting bit. And do you have any advice for non-fasting colleagues on not making things awkward? That one thing that they should not be doing? Don't be weird about it. Do we ask them the question? Yes, you can ask them the question. The question is advice for non-fasting colleagues. If you don't know, ask. Like check the comfort levels of your of your colleagues. Does this interrupt anything you're doing? When is your iftar? If you don't know when your colleague's iftar is, you have to ask because you, you know you're going to sit there and be awkward as well, and it's going to be an awkward conversation until you have it. It's different for every office. It's different for every I say office or where I work, but it's different in every market, in every country. The timing's a bit different, yeah. so don't be weird. Do just five minutes of research. That's what's there. That's what Google is there for. And get involved in the office I work in. At the end of the month, we have like an Eid lunch to bring everybody back in and, and see colleagues and have amazing food. That's quite nice. Think about how you can help celebrate the end of the month. Think about how you can help support your colleagues when they have iftar in the evening. They like to talk about it. They go through a lot. It, it's worth connecting with them. And speaking with them. Absolutely. Have the conversation. That's my one tip. Always be open in your communication. Talk to them. If you want to learn about it, learn about it. Absolutely. So I won't take too much of your time on this, uh, Usman, but there's one thing that I want to ask before we close is that you live in a multi-ethnic and multi-religious household at this point in time. So how do you manage and how do you sensitize people around you and keep your own space and things that are important for you? Yeah, that's a good question. So I'm Pakistani Muslim for myself. My partner's agnostic. But he has a Hindu heritage and we had many conversations, I think, at the beginning of our relationship about how do we find our own path. And it's really about open communication about what are we comfortable with? Where's the middle point? And uh, it's open communication about finding the right path. I mean, I fast every day and I have a prayer mat and everything in the house. And, you know, for the first iftar of this month, for this year, his parents made food for iftar. And it was quite lovely because we were bringing together different cultures of food. It was really lovely. I'm not saying it always works because we will have moments of, oh, wait a minute, is that? Oh, you're doing that. Okay. I don't <laughs> believe that. Yeah, and there are those those odd moments, but we always made a promise that we'll talk to each other and just see what the comfort levels are and, and how far we go with things. I will say it's really interesting to learn about different culture and now it's being integrated into my life, balancing the mixed culture, mixed ethnicity. Both cultures are very family-driven, very family-orientated, and we always focus on what is the same in both, and that's what drives us forward. For the elements that are different, it's a conversation. It's always an open conversation to find our way forward. I think that's amazing. This is how it should be as we progress and move ahead in society. Thank you so much, Osma, for making time for this. One more thing in your day. Absolute pleasure. Thank you for asking. Thank you for joining us this week on the Elephant in the Room podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on any of your favorite platforms, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, 
And if you enjoyed listening to the podcast today, don't forget to write a review and tell your friends. Sign up on the link in the show notes to receive updates on our guest speakers, blogs, and events. And don't forget to tune in every Thursday for new episodes.